Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about four awesome steps to take you from, hey, we can't trust this data, to data trust established. Enjoy. Okay. So <laughs> hey, that was the intro. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is... This are we one, recording on this other thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. We're recording everywhere and the thing is it started messing a bit with me ever since uh which of the 20 cameras that are recording here is, yeah. is the one that's messing with you Tell me. well it's actually the roadcast ever since it kind of decided to do a factory reset the button to play the music used to be here now it's here it's also a different color yeah exactly so it's it's all wrong it's all wrong it's not even a monday you know what and let's buy another converter here because that's the only thing we can solve let's problem. get a backup roadcaster yeah i think that's the solution i think you should you should educate everyone there's actually not a roadcaster there's actually a road <laughs> roadcaster, <laughs> roadcaster. <laughs> it's all this fancy equipment i thought you were going to take it in a different direction but that's totally okay it's totally okay Uh, we'll collect the data and decide everyone, from there. Everyone listening is waiting for the brilliant bridge. Okay, it was right there. You just blocked it. I was saying we're going to collect all the data. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully we can make a decision given that we trust it. It's become a thing now. Terrible segues. This is like trademark of the show. View. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's you. It's me. Okay, I'm a trademark, trademark of, of the show. You. Ah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But anyway, we are going to talk about data today. We've talked about it many Ooh, times how interesting. before. Yeah, not at all dry. Let's talk more about data, please. <laughs> we promise you, listener, it's not going to be dry. It's actually going to be, number one, actionable. Not the data, but the conversation here mm. and what comes out of it. And it is, in fact, going to be interesting. Uh, we've talked about data quite a few times. It's a big part of revenue operations, of really making the right decisions. But there are a couple of challenges with the data. And I think we should start delving in to that piece first. The first challenge is uh, bad. It's bad data. <laughs> It's bad. Bad data. Yeah. Uh, uh, so mean. Bad data, bad data <laughs> quality and all of that stuff. Um, and it's being thrown around most of the time, right? It's um, data quality as an issue is, you know, when we talk to, to customers or prospects, you know, data issue always comes up. Yeah. It's always like, I pff, can't do any of these things because yeah. my data, you know, it doesn't work out. Um, and then we kind of look into this and we, we usually we usually see that everyone is so indoctrinated because they've been slapped so many times that, <laughs> you know, uh, your data is bad, that they're kind of running around and always yeah. like, yeah, no, my, I know my beta and data is bad. It's that. Yeah. So and it's actually not true uh, in many cases. And, you know, sometimes we will, you know, taking through this, I think some of that we will actually touch up on later. And the, the reason why this is, you know, to largely be difficult to solve is because. Data quality as a problem is is infinitely yeah. infinitely large, right? Yeah. Uh, more on this in a bit, and then you know um, when it's when it's really in a more applicable format, it's when you either have a report or when you have a QBR or when you um, do an analysis or when you you know maybe even do something that someone doesn't like. Mm -hmm. um, then it's like, where did you get this number from? Yeah, uh, I I see I see a different number on my spreadsheet. If you have siloed ops, yeah. <laughs> yeah. by the way, then uh, then then the the next thing is like uh, my ops person, yeah, 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 sees a different number, yeah, uh, and actually it makes the analysis go green instead of red. 
So, you know, it's super, you know, basically enough what's happening is data is being opinionated, yeah. uh, basically. And that's a problem. And then you have a bunch of just human uh, fallacies uh, also, you know, in the mix, right? So yeah. what is that? Um, recency bias. Yeah. Basically, you know, sometimes I call it, it's a last touch attribution. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the last piece of information that you received. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the 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 thing that you model the future or your future yeah, expectations yeah. around. Um, and then uh, a really good one is confirmation bias. Yeah. And to a degree, you almost can't fault it, but confirmation bias really means is, okay, I want to go uh, to the left. Yeah. And now I'm only looking at data that confirms mm. that I should be going to the left. Yeah. If I see data that says, actually, you should go the other direction, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't trust this. I don't think we can trust this. You know, let's rather cherry pick this one piece here that would help me on the other side. And basically kind of making these kinds of, uh, you know, tricks yeah. uh, work in order to just confirm what you really want to hear. I mean, I use confirmation bias all the time when it's anything to do with budget or salary negotiation on my behalf. It's like, you know, you want to find that confirmation. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. usually I usually help you <laughs> to go the other way then. Um but yeah, no, for example, those are those are those are things and you could to a degree you could throw in group thing. Yeah. You could, you know, throw in a couple of there's other things. Of so group thing is really the uh, that there's a consensus building in the team and uh, no one is uh, trying to argue even against it because yeah. there's so much force pulling you in one direction, yeah. which then leads you into completely crazy land. But you know what's also really funny about data because it's so binary it's considered the truth when you make real world decisions without data you gather some of the facts and have to assess how much can i trust this piece of information then you end up making a decision and somehow in those situations often we just accept it right but as soon as you have data the whole thing kind of changes because it's supposedly yeah. supposed to i also uh, think there's just been an industry of 20 30 years of hey data driven that's the only way forward mm. and you know data is the one thing you can really trust because yeah. it's you know not opinionated yeah. it's not biased and the, the the complicated truth is kind of is also yeah. you know it's uh, you know sometimes how you even slice and dice the data how you the meaning that you give to it and so forth right yeah. it's it's part of the story so that's why that's why I think um, uh, seeing data as the end-all, be-all for everything, I think that's also pretty stupid. Yeah. I think it's a mix. Uh, but if you use this instrument called data, then, you know, ideally try and approach it in the most neutral and, you know what, intellectually honest way. Yeah. You know, that's that's maybe kind of the better way to say it. Mm. So this is all the, the 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 problem around bad data and, uh, uh, and, and bad data quality. And what does it actually lead to? Well, it leads to uh, folks not trusting data data yeah uh, you know this is really the kind of the the end result and when you don't trust data especially in high stakes situations what's going to happen is you simply won't lean on it no yeah it's it's kind of cool when you you know see data on a dashboard and it's like oh yeah whoa, that's interesting uh but now basically put you know your career on the line for this number to be correct it increases the stakes quite a bit um, and then if there's not enough data uh, trust in it, then mm. it's like, you know what? I, I see the number going up, Mikkel, I see it, I understand it, but uh, but it's, you know, maybe it's not enough evidence or yeah. something like that, or is it, I'm not still not sure where this is coming from and is it really the right thing and so forth, right? Um, and, and this is then basically the reason why, uh, why people then end up not using data for uh, decision-making. It's like you have this hammer in your toolbox, but you don't really trust it because it got hurt once and then you use a saw instead and completely breaks. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit, so I was joking about this. So this is maybe, uh, it was a popular TV show in Germany, I don't know, 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, we're going back, yeah. Go on. It's like Takeshi's Castle. Is that something that you know? Oh, is that the is that the Japanese show? Yeah, yeah Japanese, I know it. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. Japanese like uh, oh, no. game show, and they had like one game where there is like this serene lake mm. with uh, stones. Yeah, and you need to you know jump from stone to stone to stone to Sounds kind of like get Squid to the game other now, side. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's true. the The thing is though, uh, and you couldn't judge this. Obviously, some of those stones were solid. Some of them weren't. Yeah. Right, so you you couldn't know which which would actually support you and which wouldn't, and it's a little bit the same here. Yeah. It's like some of the data stones are kind of solid, some of them yeah. aren't, <laughs> and if you then jump on it, boom, you're in water, you're out of the game show. Um, and I think this is this is you know fundamentally what people are really kind of struggling with, right? And kind of I think another uh, you know angle to take or kind of to to you know go about it, right? So you don't trust the data, you start uh, you know second guessing it, and you know kind of push a little bit. And especially if someone is trying to disprove you or challenge your beliefs and, you know, yeah. going against your confirmation bias and, and all of that pull that pulls you in one direction, if someone wants to change that, um, the first thing that's going to happen in everyone's mind is basically this typical, you know, so this, I don't know, some, you know, law and order, order mm. kind of TV show on, uh, okay, there's a trial, there's a witness and, you know, whoever side the witness is for, the other side is basically going to go in and, and try and discredit yeah. the witness. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, you know, that person lied once. <laughs> Who knows? Might lie about this right now as well. Um, and basically, this is then the the other way of uh, how to kick this witness, in case you didn't catch it, that's the data, yeah. to kick this aside. It's basically saying, oh, I can't trust it. Yeah. Right? Kind of, you know, was wrong runs. Uh, it's going to be wrong again. Um, and uh, that's, that's how people kind of will then probably kind of push against that. And then mm. if you then try and you know, try and win that argument, you probably won't because, yeah, your data is wrong in many, many, many places. Um, and and since it's kind of one large thing, it's basically going to be like, well, but this data point over here in the corner that we're not talking about and haven't ever talked about, <laughs> but it's wrong. Yeah. And therefore, I can deduct that maybe this one is also wrong, <laughs> right? That's how this works. And you can't win this game. You no. simply cannot. So, how do you get out of this, yeah. Michael? Really, I don't know. Really you know what question. should you do? Um, just stop measuring, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, you know, gut. Yeah, go no, back but to there, gut. there's the saying, you know, if we have data, let's go with data. If we have opinions, let's go with mine. Yeah, <laughs> who was that? Was like yeah, some, I can't remember uh, actually. I think the Good Data CEO or something like that. Yeah, we'll put it in the credits if yeah, we find it. Maybe. So, what we think mm. uh, you should be considering doing. Um, and it's a bit of a mouthful, um, but we'll we'll take you through this. But basically what we are thinking about is a system of self-validation, colon, creating data trust. Mm. Right? So creating data trust through a system of self-validation. Maybe that would be easier to say it like that, yeah. Nickel, going forward. I'll put like a <laughs> like a little exclamation point here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. But for uh, the so what are what are what are these points really, right? So I think in order to get to data trust, what are the different steps you would need to go through? Yeah. Right. I think number one. Um, uh, data diet, mm. and we can we can go the nutrition route. We can also go the you know crawl, walk, run kind of route. Yeah. Um, but try and limit what you're looking at. Yeah. yeah? And um, I think instinctively this is what people are doing already. Mm. Everyone who needs to put a lot of pressure on the data points, that's kind of what they're doing. It's like, okay, I trust the opportunity object. Okay, I trust kind of the MQL thing. I trust uh, closed one stuff. Mm. Um. That's usually, by the way, then how the conversation goes. Well, I trust the people that actually paid us 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a trustworthy data point. And the, uh, the idea here is to basically, instead of looking at every single piece of data that you could, you know, think of, try and limit yourself to, I would say, five for your funnel. Five simple steps. Yeah. And this could include, you know, uh, maybe MQL, maybe SQL, uh, your opportunity, you know, closed, closed one opportunity, of course. It could be something, obviously, on the renewal upsell side and so forth. Right? Yeah. But take five. So core steps in the funnel, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, take five of those um, and say, okay, these these are the items. Those are the steps in the funnel that we trust. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can almost imagine like a little uh, Twitter validated check mark <laughs> that you couldn't buy um, that kind of sits behind those. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then th those those are the four or five that you trust instinctively, yeah. right? And and you will have this already right now. I can promise you that. I can tell you that the CMO will look at this MQL thing and he will trust that thing. Uh, you know, and someone on the inside sales side will look at the opportunity count that they created and they will mm, trust this one yeah. thing. So there's already some of these kind of pieces already built in uh, where this then, you know, becomes more so useful, but a little bit more tricky is you want to obviously, uh, okay, this is the US, this is EMEA, right? Kind of go super soft on how many dimensions you want to add to this whole thing. Mm. Keep it super simple, right? So now that you have those volume steps that you can trust and super cross-check and, you know, I see 251 here and I see 251 there and mm. I'm going to pay commission on 251 to you, right? Kind of really to have that simplicity. Now the next thing you kind of need to do is to um, uh, connect these with one another through yeah. um, agreed up on ways, yeah. right? Uh, and there are really three processing steps or processing metrics that um, uh, we advocate for. Um, one super easy uh, uh, average contract value. You know, it's. I haven't seen many competing ideas how that should be calculated. No. Let's just say there's one. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is uh, sales cycles. Uh, so, how many days does it take to go from one stage to the next? There are also not so, so many ways to kind of think about it. Uh, you know, a simple one is just to take the average. Yeah. A more complex one to take a distribution to kind of be a bit more, you know. But you know what? Take the average. That's yeah, it. Yeah, or the yeah. median. Yeah. You know, one of those two. I don't care. One of those two. Same for the average uh, contract value, actually. Um, the one where there's a lot of uh, chatter around and sometimes confusions on conversion rate. Yeah. There are around five different ways you can calculate it. Uh, some of them make a lot of sense. Some of them don't. There's a LinkedIn post too, actually for me, you know, that kind of goes through this a little bit. I don't want to kind of bore everyone with this right now, uh, but you would need to decide yeah. what what is the way we're kind of calculating the conversion rate between step one to step two. Yeah. yeah? Um, and uh, those, those calculations now, uh, they are derivatives of your trusted main uh, data points. So by default, they're trusted as well. Yeah. Right? That's kind of pretty cool. Uh, you start with five metrics and suddenly as you add the other pieces in, you're kind of at 15 or something like that. And that that cloud of metrics is actually trusted by definition. Mm. Right? Then a couple of other pieces, how you can add trust to it is uh, be very clear on the uh, definition. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not just a created opportunity. No, it's a uh, meeting booked yeah. that was, I don't know, accepted and held already, you yeah, know, yeah, something yeah. like that. That is what we're kind of measuring here. On the MQL, it's, well, it needs to be in those geos. They need to have clicked this button. They need to have checked out the pricing page, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Be extremely clear on what that means. And then the other piece is, you know, and I think in the data world, and the actual data world, not our like commercial kids version of it, 
Um, they call it data lineage. Yeah. So where's that piece actually specifically coming from? Is it oh, yeah. coming from Salesforce? Is it coming from kind of this field? Is it this filter and so forth? Yeah. So you kind of want to know that. Uh, complications sometimes can be um, your data warehouse. Well, it's in the data warehouse. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, that doesn't tell me anything. No. Um, so and then you need to understand what's the data lineage from data warehouse to then, you know, the uh, the source and mm. so forth, right? Yes, so this is really on the on the on the data diet, and because it's only uh, really five metrics, you need to kind of uh, monitor and understand. You know, creating trust around those much easier yeah, yeah. than all the other stuff, right? So, what if you have a scenario where you already have a bunch of metrics that you're using, maybe even reporting on, yeah, but there's no trust? So are we really saying, well, then consider data diet? Should you just remove all the other, put yeah. them to the side, and then focus on the core? Yes. Uh, you know, you will still have them there for insights, monitoring reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe for yourself, maybe you trust them, but not the others. So yeah. this is really kind of creating consensus around trust around kind of the core. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get to adding more stuff back to it, right? This yeah, is where yeah. this crawl, walk, run analogy works a little bit better, right? Start by crawling uh, just, yeah. a, just a few pieces. And then later on, you can always add. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? But again, what you don't, what you really don't want to have happen is... You know, you you know, do a project. It's like, hey, there's our data quality shit lake, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and and you wanna uh, you know create this nice clean pool over here mm. of stuff you can trust. What you really wanna avoid is that that trust also gets eroded suddenly. Yeah, it's like the first five stones in Takeshi's castle. You can you can firmly place your foot on those. Was that the case? Actually? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> would make sense though but anyway so you you want to make sure that this is really trustworthy and in order to achieve that you want to have as little uh you know data in there that basically could kind of screw this up right yeah. so that's what you should start with then you can and should use these data points and they very often will already be used like that to assign owners to those metrics yeah and uh, and that sometimes happens by way of uh, a bonus or commission kind of agreements. Yeah, uh, you know, in worse in some bad cases, the CM CMO might have an MQL target that he's being comped against. That's mm. by the way some of the reason why this MQL thing is happening. A, a inside sales director will have the outbound opportunity piece that they're responsible for. Yada yada. There mm. there will be areas that people are commissioned against. Um, so therefore it gets triple checked, mm. and therefore it can then be trusted. But the other piece is also you should um, be assigning uh, some of the surrounding metrics also to a owner, right? So you wouldn't pay anyone on a conversion rate, but you should make the uh, CMO in this case, the owner of the conversion metric from MQL to SAL, mm. right? Because, and you can disagree here obviously, but um, if, you know, the, the CMO can decide what the definition of the MQL is and can kind of move it up and down in the funnel. Yeah. And if then the conversion rate corresponds in, you know, a good or a bad way, he or she is the one that owns that, yeah, to be yeah, honest, yeah. right? And then there will, you know, everyone kind of from a marketing angle kind of listening, will be like, well, but what if the sales guys, you know, screw yeah. up? That's why I have the SAL stage, by the way. That's actually the reason. Um, yeah. But let's let's not get too deep into it. I, I would kind of say, you know, out of those fifteen to twenty data points that you come up with, mm. um, you should try and give those to people, and maybe even create goals around that. Yeah, and maybe we can provide an anecdote because I had um, I had responsibility for the marketing number actually when we worked worked together mm -hmm. last time, mm -hmm. um, 
And I would always, end of quarter, run through every single closed one deal. I would also look at a ton of opportunities that weren't closed yet to see how they were distributed, right? And I would see things like, hey, this one is marked as outbound, but it clearly is an inbound. And hey, why was this opportunity closed and then opened again? And, you know, why is person X getting all of the inbounds? It doesn't... So, I think that's where you actually ensure that someone cares about that yep. efficiency metric at the end of the day. Yes. And so this is a really good point, right? On the one inside, this accountability piece has this, okay, you give this number to someone and you make them care about it yeah. by maybe money. Yeah. Um, uh, but then the other thing is also, once you start have someone caring about you know achieving it, you will also uh, have a person that's going to be its own little policeman yeah. or a woman. Um, yeah to make sure that that data definition and the quality of that is, you know, as, as high as it should be, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think then the the next step, right, you have some data pieces, you maybe have owners, maybe goals around it. The next step is to pressure test the whole, the whole system a little bit by using it to create a plan that leads you up to your revenue target. Yeah. So, oh, surprise, the Groblos guys are talking about this. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it's, it, it, is, it is extremely powerful to not just say, here's a, here's a target that just hangs and yeah. you just you know, get it. And again, people won't be comped on conversion rates. I've never seen this. No. Um, and it, you know, that's why you know, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's super important for your funnel that your yeah, conversion yeah. rates check out, right? For many reasons. If you put the whole system now into play in order to um, say, okay, if we want to get to that revenue number, those would be the things we would need to do. Those would be the goals we need to set ourselves on each day, in each stage, in each kind of whatever in order to get there. Suddenly, uh, this whole collection of random uh, metrics is just not so random anymore. Mm. Suddenly, there's a logic that goes through it. Suddenly it feels like, oh, you know, uh, damn, if we don't do this, then we won't be able to do that and so forth. You have all of those wonderful knock-on effects. And suddenly the the whole system that you have built now is ex- much more pressurized, mm. right? Um, and it's it's really leading not, you know, again, it's not this, ah, we need to, you know, 4K MQLs. You know, that's why we need 4,000 MQLs. No, it's we need 4,000 MQLs in order to hit this revenue target that's, you know, yeah. down there. Yeah. And if we don't do that, well, we actually have a big problem here, right? Mm. So really kind of putting that pressure on the system, um, again, increases how many people care about it. Uh, instead of how many people care about their one specific number, they then suddenly start also caring about the conversion rates and so forth. Right? Yeah. And now getting to kind of the last piece here, and we touched upon it a little bit on the accountability part, is basically uh, monitoring. Mm. Uh, so you have now people caring about it. Uh, you have people maybe making sure that the um, you know data is is clean and proper and doesn't slide. You pressure test it with a uh, with a, a plan. What's now going to happen is that you will have more and more people look at those numbers all the time, mm. right? So you can call it transparency. You can call it you know bit tougher yeah. to monitor, but that's what's going to happen. And um, as more people look at it, as more people that are responsible for it look at it, uh, there will be more and more cases where someone is like, wait a minute, why did this one actually not count in? Yeah. Uh, did we did we drop one here? Why would we drop one? Yeah. And then you kind of get into this whole like um, making sure that these things actually kind of stay correct because yeah. things are changing all the time. And this is, you know, and now kind of getting back to this uh, mouthful of a system of self-validation, this is what this is basically creating, yeah. right? You start very simple, you know, uh, data diet, you know, easy stuff. 
you uh, ditch it out to people, hey, you should be caring about this because I pay you yeah, for yeah. it. Uh, you pressure test the whole thing to connect it to a plan. Guess what? Now a lot of people will look at this, will basically now kind of enhance the data quality of the whole thing again, yeah, again, yeah. and again, and again. And you can, uh, you know, over time, put more and more and more and more pressure on, on those metrics to yeah. use them. I think also it, it just reminded me of one of the cadences you and I would have is you would sometimes at this stage just send a screenshot of a graph. Yes. Of one of those, you know, metrics and whether it was, you know, overperforming, underperforming, doesn't really matter. But let's just say it was underperforming. It was always underperforming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying to be kind yeah. to myself. You know, so uh, you wouldn't have to say anything. I would already know that this was the case. I would already have plans to yeah. remedy it. And in some cases, my rebuttal would be, you know, a graph back later showing, you know, oh, on track. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think, so, you know, this was... Uh, Tony's wonderful passive-aggressive approach. Yeah. No, but you know what? I, I heard of a, a CRO who did the same. I think he was at Divi. Weekly email. And he would he would pull some of the graphs of their, you know, to highlight their performance. Obviously, with just a couple yeah. of bullets along with it. So it is a thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not I'm not I'm no. not the only psychopath. No. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So wonderful. Um. So uh, uh. Yes. Right. Kind of. I think kind of sending this screenshot in a Slack and then no other message. This was not. Oh, we're so aligned and this. No, this was like cheeky. I don't need to yeah. say it. No, this is kind of obviously one way to go about it. And I think uh, what happened, we we created a culture that very much cared about these numbers. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and not just the revenue number, but everything leading up to it. So now we come to almost the last piece, which I think is actually pretty cool. So you have all of these things in place. Your system is running. People are caring about it. Um, now it's actually extremely, it's much easier to add to the pool. Yeah. yeah to add maybe another step. Uh, why would you add another step in the first place? Well, number one, operationally speaking, there might be other parts of the organization that are responsible for that, mm. right? It could be this SAL to SQL. Maybe there's an inbound rep that's responsible for that. Yeah. Um, but the other reason why you might want to add, you know, additional steps here is to uh, have better root cause analysis, mm. right? If, if your only two steps are, website visitors to closed one revenue, Yeah, you literally need to scream at the whole sales and marketing organization when something isn't working out. Yeah. As you add more steps in between, your your screaming can be more <laughs> nuanced, I guess. More targeted. Yeah. Um, to a specific part, a, it's, it's breaking here, what's going wrong here, yeah. uh, which makes it extremely much more actionable and um, uh, and for you to you know go, go about it. Yeah. So now that we covered the why, so how now? Well, you would actually add that specific metric probably within this tree structure or this funnel structure that you have built now, mm -hmm. right? Let's just say you only have lead and SQL and you yeah. wanna add MQL into it. Um, and this is almost two use cases, either kind of comes in from nowhere into being mm. or has been there before, but the definition is changing, Yeah, right? It's kind of almost the same thing. What you will now find is that the uh, overall conversion rate from lead to SQL will actually not change. Mm. Um, you will add the MQL piece into it and obviously kind of depending on where the MQL now floats further closer to the lead or yeah. closer to the uh, uh, SQL, which really means um, really the conversion rate steps between lead to MQL and MQL to SQL. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as it floats, it will actually then also dictate that your goals around the MQL need to be updated, mm. right? You can have an assumption that uh, the conversion rate from MQL to SQL is going to be 50%. Great. 
if it turns out that is actually not the case, it's actually much lower, aka it floats higher up in the funnel. Mm. I'm not sure if that makes sense for everyone. Then actually, instead of you know four thousand MQLs, um, it's actually now you know six thousand MQLs you need to create, mm. right? Um, and because it's now part of a system, uh, you can less so uh, rely on you know trusting that specific number, but because it's governed between you know a rock and a hard place, so to agree, yeah, uh, it's it's getting much easier to kind of get to that point, right? And then as that metric kind of finds itself, you know where it actually should be sitting then the goals that you need to have come out of this in order to hit your revenue target, again, all of this thing is connected, that then also kind of increases, right? Yeah. And makes it then extremely clear for everyone around. Mm. Yeah? So they end up trusting the witness? So I think where this will lead you to, if you get to execute this in the right way, you know, going back to the the witness thing, mm. I think, and and I think this is where this trial thing is kind of really interesting because it's, Uh, there is a jury sitting around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of true, right? So really think about you sitting in an executive meeting, you're sitting in a QBR. It's not like you have a one-on-one -on -one with a person. No, you challenge a person, maybe in a public space. Immediately, defense goes up, and mm. immediately, like, hey, your witness is, you know, yeah. unbelievable. But now you have this whole thing in place. It's going to be increasingly harder to discredit the data pieces. Yeah, like increasingly so. And then the jury sitting around will be like, um, no, I think the data probably checks out. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I think that will happen. Yeah. I think what will also happen is that the, you know, I call it the pause between objections. Yeah. You know, uh, will just increase. So you present someone with data that doesn't confirm their their worldviews. Mm. And now it's not going to be so easy to say like, ah, uh, oh, yeah, I can't trust the data. Yeah, it's going to be okay. I need to, I need to now, and now I need to find something else here to say. Yeah, and uh, to dismiss that, right? Kind of, I think that will increase. That will be a good sign for you. And I think once you kind of get through some of those pieces, and by the way, I think one really important item not to forget is try to not even get to this point where you, uh, you know, have the defenses go up for yeah. someone trying you know avoid that as much as possible but the idea basically is to try and get this conversation to be uh, in an intellectually honest effort yeah that's what you want to achieve and that's you know if you get to that supreme level of talking about data i think then you're going to end up being able to leverage data really to the fullest yeah um, right and it's kind of the top end of the but i think i think this this point is so important right and we've talked about it before not actually weaponizing the data If you are responsible for actually making people trust the data, your approach really matters. So we talked about not ambushing people. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you have a you know a soft check-in before saying, "Hey, you know, Tony, I've looked at these numbers here. They're not so great. Let's 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 have a chat, right?" So it's not an ambush in in that scenario, right? Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of steps to how you basically, operationally speaking, use it that matters yep. quite quite a lot. Just wrapping this up, uh, so bad data, common common stuff going on, mm. and really what it means is people don't trust it and can't trust it for the decision making. The way you get to trust is basically by creating, number one, a data diet, then creating accountability around the few data pieces you have created, then by putting pressure on the system, by making it part of a plan, of a mm. revenue plan ideally, and then you know as all of that ramps up, You will have more eyes on the problem, which will basically then self-validate yeah. that the data is being tracked and so forth, right? Um, if you do all of that stuff, I think you will have a much easier time uh, with those data quality conversations that you're going to have.
So, we still haven't gotten any uh, 500 word reviews yet. Yeah. I've been so monitoring that daily. Yeah. And it ain't happening. So, if you're listening to this, can we sweeten it somehow? Like, mm, send us a screenshot, we'll send you a book. We can do that. I just decided. Yeah, us. I was that's about to say, let's send on more books. <laughs> but yeah, no, let's totally do that. Send us a screenshot, we're going to send a book. I think that's funny. Uh, and for real. Yeah. Um, and then I think if we're not missing, messing this uh, thing up here, there will be something special happening this Thursday. Oh, yeah, right. No, we didn't mess it up. It's all good. On Thursday, we already, I think, yeah. teased it a bit. Yeah, we yeah, have, yeah uh, but it's going to be special. Let's not talk about it. Ah, uh, okay. Watch, watch your podcast feed, I guess. Yes, and um, <laughs> the big question is, why is there Toblerone? Yeah. Answer that question. Well... I don't want to be bothered sending top bonus. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just end it here. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> I'm not going to send a top no. This is going to be too complex. <laughs>